0: Welcome to the Life and Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. And that is spot on if you know Ray. So if you don't know, I think he is working today. Go introduce yourself. I'm Josh Kogan. Um, this might be a new spot that you have seen me on the stage for most of you, um, usually back there. Um, I've been here at Life in Deep Ellum for the better part of seven years, uh, four years more consistently. Um, some of you know that story. Um, would love to share that with those of you that don't. Um, but as we move into the sermon this morning, I would like us to read from Matthew's gospel. So if you do not have a Bible, um, if you want to, I don't know if we're still doing the raise the hand thing and people, so... Impromptu, but uh, raise raise your hand if you need a Bible. We do not put scripture on the on the screen, so if you don't have a Bible on your phone or um, in your hand, uh, the ushers can assist you. But since Advent began, we have taken a deeper look at Joseph. So we are in the "What Would Joseph Do" series, and this week we're going to continue by looking at Joseph's faith. And as I read through the gospel accounts of the birth of Christ, particularly paying attention to Joseph, Matthew's account stuck out. So we will be in Matthew this morning, and I want us to uh, take a look at one specific passage. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, a little over halfway um, in your Bible, and it's chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and I want to read that for us this morning as we begin. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son. And he named him Jesus. You know, at surface level, when we first read through any telling of the birth of Christ that mentions Joseph, this poor guy is easy to overlook. He's not mentioned a lot. Furthermore, it's easy to regurgitate wiser theologians than I when we look at Joseph's faith and simply say that he was a strong man of faith, never wavering and quick to listen to the angel of the Lord each and every time that the angel appeared. However, is this really so? Was Joseph's faith that strong and steady throughout the entirety of the Christ child narrative? That's where I want to challenge us this morning and where we're going to dig in. And so, in Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25, when we take a closer look at this passage, there are a few things to note historically and contextually before we can really begin to ask what that means for us here in this morning, in this space, in this faith community, both collectively and individually. So in verse 19, when it says her husband, Joseph, which literally translates to her betrothed, it's easy to glance over this and take it at face value. But at this point in time in the story, Joseph and Mary weren't what we today would have thought of as officially married. In other words, they had not signed the marriage certificate. They didn't have the big shindig and they didn't go on the honeymoon. Now in Jewish law, betrothal was a valid marriage. Therefore, as we follow along in this verse, seeing that Joseph was thinking of, quote, dismissing her quietly, end quote, Joseph would still have had to take legal steps to effect separation. There would have had to either have been a required writing of divorcement in the presence of two or three witnesses, or before a court publicly of some some sort, which is where that publicly disgrace her part comes in. So now when Matthew says Joseph was not willing to, quote, expose her to public disgrace and plan to dismiss her quietly is where many commentators and theologians would just simply say that it it was because Joseph was a just and righteous man. Now, this may be true, but the fact that Joseph was recorded to have consciously been thinking of divorcing Mary says to me that he had doubt. That Mary's record of the story was in fact truthful. Therefore, we can surmise that Joseph, like many others in society at that time would have assumed, must have thought who we would later come to know, know as Jesus was one, surely not his son, and two, therefore was someone else's son. So, in other words, Joseph probably didn't believe that the Holy Spirit gave Mary this child. What a wild story to believe even today, but when we put that in Jewish culture, in the Jewish historical lens, you can start to feel the weight and the pressure of society weighing in on Joseph. And honing on in on this word planned, as in plan to dismiss her quietly, in the Greek literally translates to wish or to Want. Therefore, suggesting that Joseph was actively focused on getting out of this situation, being betrothed to a woman who would have been publicly thought of as an adulteress. So maybe Joseph truthful, truly, at this point in the story, doesn't have as strong of a faith as many previously suggested. But hold on before we dive a little further into that part. So in verse 20, moving along... And it says, but just when he had resolved to do this, rather in the Greek, while he considered or he thought on this, or again, actively considered his options. We see again that this situation Joseph finds himself in is clearly weighing in on him. He's wrestling with how to fix this situation. He's doubting Mary's account of the truth, and he doesn't know what to do. So he is actively thinking, he is actively doubting. So let's pause for a moment. When have you ever doubted something? Write it down, think on it, come back to it later, but really, really sit in that. When have I, insert your name, ever doubted something? I, like you, have had my moments of doubt. Many of you know my story, whether in part or the whole, but one of my greatest moments of doubt in my faith takes us back to about 2016, I was a young pastor at the time, starting a church right here in Deep Ellum. It was called The Awakening. It was on the east side of the neighborhood, meeting on Sunday evenings at the corner of Main and Hall. Um, And I would be here in the mornings, uh, attending, and then meeting at St. Pete's for pub theology during the week, which is theological and political conversations over beer. I know it sounds scary, and sometimes it is. So, but that's, that's how we met during the week. And there came a moment when I, like Joseph, had to resolve or consider how to respond to a situation. And that moment was when I met a few young adults at a community center right across the street from where the awakening met. Who had been kicked out of their homes and therefore came to experience homelessness as a direct result of being in the LGBTQ community. And specifically, being told by their parents and/or guardians that they were not welcome in their home be- because being LGBTQ was not in line with their faith. For me, this wasn't in tune with the gospel of Christ that I had dedicated my early career to studying and teaching others about. But when you are a quote rising young pastor in the eyes of a denomination that is rooted in a very traditional theology. When it comes to the LGBTQ community and the Bible, what do you do? How do you respond? You're told to respond the way every other pastor, older and wiser, prior to you has, and that is to ignore it. But is that what Jesus would do? So it is here that we find Joseph wrestling. What is he to do? But lo and behold, quote, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said to him, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That is that clear moment for me of what is a deconstruction of Joseph's faith. He now has to deal and wrestle with the upheaval of everything that he thought that he knew up until this point. This man has been actively pondering his options in this situation that he finds himself in, even wishing to dismiss and leave Mary. Now, I cannot tell you whether or not an angel of the Lord appeared to me in a dream when I was pondering my options or of how to respond to the blatant familial rejection of a child in the name of faith. But what I can tell you is this, that particular moment created in me an unraveling and a complete upheaval like Joseph of everything that i thought i knew up until that point now when it comes to our character joseph many commentaries will state here that quote joseph did as the angel of the lord told him without delay cheerfully without dispute but i want to challenge that i want us to dig into the unrecorded moment between his thought to privately dismiss her In this encounter with the angel. Because in order for him to listen to the angel. As the commentators say without delay. Something had to change within him. And as we see that later. Throughout scripture, throughout Matthew 2, throughout Luke 2, the other tellings, we see Joseph respond with haste when the angel of the Lord comes to him again in Matthew 2, telling him to flee Egypt because it wasn't safe. He responded with haste then. Why? He had been here before. His faith was stronger. But before he got there, something had to break within him. Before he could reconstruct into the fullness of his assured faith, a deconstruction of his faith, if you will, had to occur. I, too, have been there personally. Something had to break within me because, you see, when my unraveling began, I went to the denomination with whom I was starting the awakening under. And I challenged what had become a systemic cause of LGBTQ youth homelessness. I challenged family rejection specifically in the name of faith, as that is not how our Lord and Savior would have responded, presented with the same situation. When I spoke up and out, I was asked to make a choice. These kids or my church? And I use the language of, quote, my church specifically, because that's what was used in that room. But you see, it wasn't my church. This is not our church. The collective church is Jesus Christ's body that we are called to be faithful servants and stewards of by loving God and by loving people. So I chose people and I walked out the door that day. And this is where we find ourselves right here in this moment, Life in Deep Ellum, as a faith community. We are in the breaking. We are in the midst of a change, and we are in the midst of a collective deconstruction as a faith community. Maybe we are even in the in-between. We found ourselves in the loneliness of a global pandemic. Some of us were physically alone. Others of us were spiritually alone. Emotionally alone. Fill in the blank. Some of us have experienced divorce, whether prior to in the midst of or towards the decline of a global pandemic, we collectively, to call the elephant in the room, out as a faith community have experienced a divorce, both of our faith community's leaders and a broader divorce from our neighborhood. And as a result, breaking, unraveling, and deconstruction has been and is occurring. Honing in on the divorce from our neighborhood, we are not the faith community and community center we once were. We are not connected to the broader neighborhood of Deep Ellum as we once were. We are not the life in Deep Ellum that we once were, and that is okay. Because if we let the Holy Spirit do the hard work of deconstructing us, and if we let her reconstruct us, We can be the life in deep elm again that our name suggests. You see, something had to break in Joseph. That is letting go of others' perception of him had to break. In order for him to reconstruct. That is listening to God faithfully and without haste. As our wiser theologians of old would rightly suggest. Something had to break in me letting go of this notion that the status quo of the way things had always been in the collective capital C church was okay in order for me to reconstruct. That is to take a stand for God's creation, humanity, when they were being treated unjustly. And something had to break within our faith community to let go too of a status quo of sorts. How did we lose touch with our neighborhood? Sure, a global pandemic did not help. But I would suggest that we started losing touch with our ever-changing neighborhood around us way before that. Deep Ellum has not stopped changing and going through its own constant deconstruction and reconstruction. We just did not go through that process with our neighborhood and now find ourselves disconnected from that broader community. You see, Joseph was ready to make a decision on his own. But as he wrestled with his options, something stirred in him to open himself up to the angel of the Lord's message to stay with Mary and to raise Jesus, the Son of God. What a great and tremendous responsibility. One that Joseph would not have been ready for had he not been open to the Holy Spirit deconstructing him and his faith. And then furthermore allowing the Holy Spirit to reconstruct him so that he could respond to the tremendous call to raise Jesus Christ as his own. Because you see the gospel of Luke's account of the birth of Christ refers to Joseph as one of Jesus' parents. Though it sounds counterintuitive, to truly grow closer in union with Christ, something has to break. Something had to break in order for Joseph to trust God's promise for him to be the earthly father of the son of God. I too had to allow the Holy Spirit to both deconstruct and reconstruct me as I continue to submit to the will in my life that God has in store, whatever that may be. And we too, life and debellum, find our collective selves at this same crossroads. I know this is a scary place to be. It wasn't all butterflies and rainbows in either phase of my faith's deconstruction or reconstruction. It hurts, it's hard. But as J.R.R. Tolkien said in the Fellowship of the Ring, faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens. Faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens. Or put another way by the band disturbed, it wouldn't be a sermon without an obscure reference for me. Sometimes darkness can show you the light. And that's where we find ourselves in the midst of this Advent season, a season of darkness with the light, Christ Jesus, just over the horizon. And as we wait in preparation for the hope that is found in the coming of Christ Jesus, we too at Life and Deep Bellum are waiting for the hope that comes in our collective reconstruction. So I leave us with questions to ponder as we leave today and go throughout our week. What is broken or breaking in you? How have you let Christ repair it? Or where do you need to lean in as the Holy Spirit begins to repair your heart, bringing you more into the fullness of a relationship with Christ? And where do we, life in Deep Ellum, fit in the broader story of our neighborhood as hope is on the horizon, moving towards being the life in Deep Ellum that we were intended and created to be once more. God, thank you for your word and the meditations of our hearts to be spoken and acceptable in your sight. And we lean in, to where you are leading us individually and collectively as you break within us that which we thought we knew. And we ask for your help as we lean in to this reconstruction phase that we don't stay broken. As we rest in the hope that is over the horizon in this dark season of Advent, leading us to the birth of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen.